This is the Wrestling Society Podcast. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? You and the roads and all are getting a little out of hand, sir. Well, Gordon, we pride ourselves on being great wrestlers. We built a reputation on wrestling. We're Christian athletes. And we believe that wrestling matches uh, should be be wrestling. You are now entering into the world of wrestling. Welcome, everybody, to the third episode of the Wrestling Society Podcast. Today, joining me, my tag team partner coming from Knoxville, Tennessee, formerly known as Herman, we have Bear. Hello, Society. How hoping everyone has a safe and good 4th of July. And then coming in with the last second hot tag, we got Tevin. What's up, guys? <laughs> yes, let's, let's, uh, today we are, oh, how could I forget your official this evening? Myself, Brady Owens. <laughs> so, uh, you guys watched Money in the Bank. Oh, yeah. Uh, as soon as it ended, I, I wish I could have just jumped on and started the review right away. It was a it was a wild ride for sure. Yeah, it definitely was. You know, a lot of surprises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, surprises that's that's uh for sure. Um well let's just go ahead and uh, jump right in. Um <clears throat> I have a lot to say for each match and I'm sure you guys do as well. Uh, so the first match of the evening, starting off with the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. <clears throat> um, what did you guys think about that first match? Well, uh, the match itself wasn't um, terrible to me. It was pretty, um, it was a okay match. I thought uh, the participants participants uh, did really well. You could tell there were some new people who had to get accustomed to the ladders and everything. But for match, it it wasn't too bad for me. Um. Yeah. It was a it was an okay match. There was nothing um bad about it. Um. I hear some people, you know, on the internet complaining about, you know, a whole bunch of botches and, you know, stuff like that. And um, uh, I think the most memorable part of the match was, you know, the ending, of course, um, that um, Liv Morgan, um, you know, with that foot on the rope to balance herself back. I think that that was kind of, you know, cool to see. That it was sure different, you know, different ending. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean. Um, yeah, there, there were quite a bit of, uh, <clears throat> mistakes in the match itself. Um, it, it made it a little difficult for me to kind of sink my teeth into the match, but there were a lot of good spots as well. Um, the ending, like you said, I mean, it, it uh, going back, knowing that that was the finish, uh, putting my mind, you know, Thinking like Liv Morgan, 
<clears throat> that was uh, make it or break it. I mean, we've seen that kind of stuff. We see uh, WrestleMania 24, Shelton Benjamin trying that, and then the ladder just collapsed underneath him. So if you're thinking, like, if I don't get this, then I don't win the <laughs> women's money in the bank, that's a lot of pressure. But, yeah, I mean, she did. It was cool. Um, there, there were two women in that match who I said needed to win it. One was Shotzi Blackheart, and two was Liv Morgan. And between the two, Liv most definitely, I mean, she had to win that. She, they've been building her up, doing this sympathy build, and if she would have lost, it would just that would have been it. People wouldn't be able to get behind her. Um, I wouldn't think because it's just time and time again, you you. Over and over, you get these opportunities, these chances, these shots, and you fail, 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 fail. And, I mean, finally winning the big one at the beginning of the night, which is money in the bank, um, you know, that's something, that's a big deal. Especially, there's only been a few women's money in the bank matches, so to be able to submit your, you know, name as one of the women who won it, that's a big deal. Um, and, and I'll get... Once we get down to the Ronda and Natalia match, I'll tell you how I feel about, you know, how that match ended. Um, but uh, is, there, is there anything else y'all wanted to add to that match specifically? Well, um, I thought I was glad that Liv won. Similar to what you said, uh, Shotzi would have been a good choice. Um with these money in the uh, these money in the bank ladder matches, they I was very happy they went back to the original format of it is to build stars. Uh, here lately, they've just been putting it on the same people and people who really don't need it to be able to get ahead, and I was really happy about that because I know if. If uh oh like Be- if Becky would have won, I would have probably just turned the pay per view off because she, she didn't need it. No, uh, no. And it, and it's just ridiculous that they don't put the time in to really think for a lot of these wrestlers. Yeah, um, like you said, you know, put the time into think, and I'm just going to go ahead and. You know, talk about it. Um, you know, we know Liv Morgan cashes in later that night, which is great. But I think, yeah, they're, they're doing, they're putting the money in the bank on the younger talent and building the stars, you know, that way, which is great. But you kind of pull the rug under, from under, you know, the winner of the money in the bank winner by letting them cash in immediately. There's no story that can be told. There's no, you know, playing it out. There's no building a character that way. Um, you know, I, and, and they, like I said, there's only been a few women's matches and you've already done this twice. Well, here's a fun fact for you. The last five years in a row of the women's money in the bank, the winner has cashed in within 24 hours. Yeah. I, I mean, that, and that's, Kind of what I'm saying is like there, I don't recall any, the main story that pops up in my mind with the women's money in the bank 
match was the very first one when um uh what's Carmella. Carmella well Carmella won by the you know help of um what's his name the Trick Trick Williams I think that's his name No that's um oh my goodness the no jaw turtle looking guy <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't think of his name but uh <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Where yeah. he won the first one, right? And then they did the replay, the the, the night, the ass, next night. Yeah, and then she won it. Yeah, so, like that's the oh, most oh. memorable, memorable yeah. uh, oh, storyline. Uh, Ellsworth. Ellsworth, yes, Ellsworth. Ellsworth. Yeah, 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 like yeah. that's the biggest storyline that they've done with the very first one. The fact that I can't, and then last year it you had man. last year you had Oscar win it. And they just handed yeah. her the championship because no. Becky was, uh, or no, that was twenty twenty, right? Two years ago, last right. year was Nikki Ash. I don't even remember that. <laughs> and see, and that's the point. That's the, your point exactly. And my point that they have cashed it in twenty four hours after they win it because they have no. Sp- and well, a couple of things. One. They just like, hey, let's just get this off of them because they really don't need it. Then, if you really think about it, and this was unfortunately what I think they're about to do with Liv, every champion hadn't held it long, and they ended up getting beat by Charlotte or another established star. It's the as much as everybody wants to talk about um, AEW and their mistreatment of the women's division, WWE is not that better because it's only the four horse women and Sasha Banks and Ronda Rousey. Anybody else doesn't get a chance. They get beat. They get humiliated. So that's my problem. Let me read this tweet that I saw real quick uh, to your point. Says Liv Morgan winning the SmackDown Women's Championship from Ronda Rousey is the first exchange of the title between non four horsewomen since Natalia won it from Naomi in 2017. So I mean that's like I said, you know, to your point, that's um, they've been focusing on the same women. And the money in the bank match was made originally to build younger stars. So why haven't they done that? Well, you know, I'm 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 gonna tell you why they haven't done that. And it's um, and it's not like they don't try to build um, you know, women um stars. It's just the fact because you've seen constantly like when um Charlotte was healthy, they will put somebody against Charlotte like um like a Rhea or a Lacey Evans. And I used to hate watching those matches just for the simple fact that Charlotte has to work down to their level. And it was like some of those matches were, you know, cringeworthy. So I'm not going to say it's all WWE fault because they do try to give, you know, other women opportunity Um, like a Naomi. You know, she's a two time woman um, SmackDown, you know, champion. Uh, It's just it's just. Oh, we lost you, Tevin. Oh, you, you hear me? Yeah, yeah, there you are. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. It's just the, the four horsewomen, they're just, you know, in another league of their own. Uh, I mean, I hate to say it, 
you see, I mean, like I, like I said, Charlotte is an incredible athlete, but you put her, there's only a few women that can work with uh, Charlotte. And I think one of the newer women they have is Dewdrop. She proves that she can hang up, you know, with them. Um, Bianca is another one. So I'm not going to, you know, blame WWE for that. It's just the woman talent that they have there is just, you know, well, is I'm what gonna it is. To- I'm going to have to disagree with you on this point because it is WWE's fault. If you give someone three weeks to get a push and try to get over and you don't give them time enough to build up, how do you expect them to go up? That's just like saying if, uh, well, I can use live as an example. If live because uh, I think they said they're going to do Liv and uh, Ronda Rousey. Nine times out of ten, Ronda's going to win it again. And if she does, who is she going to face? It's going to probably either be Charlotte or the returning Bick, uh, uh, Bailey. Bailey, thank you. And that's the problem right now with WWE as a whole. You cannot expect these young talent to be megastars if you don't give them the chance and the build. This is what's wrong with the men's division and the women. So, I I mean, I definitely see, you know, for both points where you you do, I mean, yes, the four horsewomen are, they've been the face for a reason because they are that good. They're incredible. But yes, WWE is failing to build their women's division and they've had opportunity and opportunity and opportunity to build them because you can it's sports entertainment and especially with WWE they focus more on the entertainment so you can have Liv Morgan carry around that briefcase to WrestleMania and turn her into a big star and then they can have a minimal you know length wrestling match and it doesn't matter because the fans are so used to the entertainment side of you know the WWE that they're going to cheer for Liv Morgan they're going to get behind Liv Morgan they're going to love Liv Morgan and she's going to be a face of the company despite her you know not being able to keep up in the ring wrestling wise which if you take Liv Morgan you put her in the AEW or Impact or you know where they focus more on the wrestling it's a different story where you know you have people like you know, Thunder Rosa and you have people like, um, uh, oh, oh gosh, Baker. Serena, Serena D. Yeah. Like uh, women who can actually put on a wrestling clinic who lack a little more in the entertainment side. Um, so yeah, WWE has had opportunities, five years of opportunities with the women's money in the bank to build their women's division. And one of the biggest ones is Carmella. Um, I'm going to do a little fantasy booking right here. Carmella was one of the biggest heels in the women's division when she won the Money in the Bank briefcase. The way I would have done it was that WrestleMania, you had Charlotte Flair, dominant force in the women's division, facing Asuka, who is undefeated. I To put the um, crazy amount of nuclear heat on the women's Money in the Bank winner, Carmella at the time, I would have had Oscar beat Charlotte to remain undefeated at WrestleMania 
and then have Carmella come in and use that Money of the Bank briefcase to beat the undefeated Asuka, and that would have made the women's Money in the Bank match a huge deal, and it would have built Carmella to where we would be talking about her as a multi-time world women's world champion today. So for them to just give them the women's Money in the Bank briefcase and then then cash it in immediately, it kind of pulls the rug out from underneath them where they can't do that proper storytelling, that long-term storytelling, that, you know, character building to where you kind of have no option but to just keep having the same matches over and over with the four horsewomen. Um, I think if you're going to do this every year, then you might as well just not have a women's money in the bank match. I agree with that too. But, and let me just to point out that I have no problem with the horsewomen. I love all of them. Again, I guess it's just a stale build for five years of the money in the bank. And you telling me you have not built any new stars because look, like you said, you didn't even remember that Nikki has H one last year. Not too many people do. And look where she's at now. A tag team jobber. And and then if you go ahead. Well, with that whole Nikki thing, I can tell you why she won. She was a transitional champion. That that's that was the only reason for that. Well, and, um, what is Liv? Is Liv not going to be a transitional champion? It, we we gonna have to see. It's just <laughs> we got to tell. Yeah, who, whoever beats her, we then we will know. But um, I honestly um with the whole making stars, Liv was already made um. Like like since she got on the main roster, she just had she has a cult following. Um, I remember watching her in NXT when she had that pizza eating gimmick, gimmick yeah. came out with the sneakers, and she like like I said, she had she has her gimmick, she has her character. We know who she is. The person that I wanted to see in this Money in the Bank match that wasn't, I don't know why. That if she was in it and she did win, they probably would have had a long story because she needs it. Is Shayna Baszler. Cause they haven't done nothing yes. with her. That would be the only person that, that will probably, cause you can, I can just see it now with her and, you know, being Miss Money in the Bank. But I, I just think the past winners of the women's, they really didn't need no build up. They, cause their character is already there and people already know if they like them or don't like them. And like I said, with the Nikki Ash, I think, like I said, the reason she got it was cause she was a transitional champion. So it's just, you know, you just got to put that, like, I wish, like, I don't get why Shayna wasn't in this year's um Money in the Bank match, but. But ever since they brought her up from NXT, she's been basically buried except for the time she dominated in the uh, Elimination Chamber. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, yeah. I don't get that. Yeah, this is weird, really weird. Yeah. But, and, and that. I hate to keep jumping back and forth with this, but this is a part of the WWE system that is really bad, that NXT builds these characters where we respect them, we love them. we They already have a gimmick, a good gimmick, and then they brought up to the main roster. It seems like they do everything in their power to go out of their way to wipe that out and start fresh. 
And yeah. I never understood that. I mean, yeah, you look at like Shayna Baszler, who is a, a dominant, dominant, you know, talent in NXT. You had Oscar, who was undefeated, just to come to the main roster and lose, and then turn into a, a Joker. And you had Kyrie Sane, who was, you know, I mean, that's just one of the things. Like they do real good. They build them, build them, build them, build them, just to deflate them as soon as they come to the main roster. And that's where we have the issue. Is you don't, I mean, because in NXT you build them like nobody could touch Shayna Baszler, no one. And then you bring her in and you kind of give her, you know, a head start where she is dominant. And then out of nowhere, what they teamed her up with Nia Jax. Yep. And then just kind of didn't know what to do. Yeah. And and it's definitely, and and I'm not saying, you know, like AEW or they're doing so much better. Um, I want women's wrestling to succeed. I want to be able to, and, and to be honest, the last time I really was able to enjoy it, besides a match here and there, it all goes back to the four horsewomen. But when you've seen it over and over and over, it does get stale and you're like, okay, I've loved it, but now give me something new. And then they tease you with something new from NXT. And then here we are again to the same old, same old. The only way the women, women's wrestling is going to succeed is if either AEW or WWE or any wrestling promotion that has a TV deal, they do a women's brand only because y'all complaining about them not getting enough time to build. There's only about at least at the most two women's matches a night. You don't really have enough time to build somebody, you know, because you got to focus on the champion and whoever she's fighting. Then you might have, you know, somebody that you're trying to build. But like I said, that's only one person at a time. And you can't do that on a, you know, week to week basis. They got to have more time. And that's like, I remember when AEW was talked, you know, being talked about and Tony Khan said he would do one, but I, I don't, (laughs) he has a roster full of them, but you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, I agree with you. Uh, but I think for the biggest problem is for me, we always have have to say, oh, the women need this, the women need this. I think we, I'm one day and I pray to God this happens where we can look at wrestling and be just excited for the women's matches as the men. You don't have to say, oh, well, they only got one match. Oh, they got two matches, 10 minutes for both of them. The, we so much continue to give little bits and think they should do big things with it. Like, just like the WWE, they did the women's pay-per-view. It turned out to be pretty decent, but they are not doing it again. They're saying you can't get the numbers. And, but Yeah, that's, you, that was the problem. The viewership had low viewership. <laughs> right. Well, again, if you build it <laughs> and they have a tendency not to put energy behind the things they really don't believe in. Because again, I, look, look, we're getting Brock and Roman again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think you know, kind of like you said, if if you build it, then people are going to want to see it. So when you, because in the women's revolution, 
the big thing with that was the women's first Money in the Bank, the women's first Royal Rumble, the women's first Hell in a Cell. But there were no stories leading up to those matches. It was just the fact that they were the first ones. And when you had the women's pay-per-view, you know, they brought the Bellas in last minute. They brought, you know, just did, you know, a quick three, four-week build just for a women's pay-per-view. Whereas if you actually have multiple story, you know, lines going on, building up to a paper. And that's why I like that AEW has four pay-per-views. They can do that long-term story building to make you more invested in the pay-per-views. Whereas, you know, and, and that's what is frustrating with WWE because they do have the pay-per-view once a month. So you get four weeks of storytelling, period. Like that you have to fit four weeks of a story. And, and then when you, you know, like uh, Tevin was saying, you only get one women's match a night. You know, there really isn't. A, and, and WWE can't say anything. They have three hours, you know, on Monday, two hours on Friday. They have plenty of time to put women on there and build, build, build. And these women that are out there have the ability to be stars. Shotzi Blackheart is incredible. Uh, it's unfortunate that she, you know, had most of the botches. And the mat, but she's really good. Um, Dewdrop. Dewdrop is, I wish they would change her name back, but she, I mean, yes, she's incredible. Um, I mean, every women in that ladder match, uh, they have the ability to be big name stars if you build them properly and you can't blame it on time because you have more than enough airtime to have properly built storytelling. In the women's division. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that's... I, I just... It's been years and years and years of, you know, the same thing. You know, complaining and arguing that women's deserves... Women's wrestling deserves more. And it's better than it was. But still, you know, there's a lot more that needs to be done in order for people to really get invested enough to want uh, all women's pay-per-view um, or all women's, you know, wrestling brand. Um, all right, well, let's go ahead and jump to match number two uh, now that we just buried WWE's ability to... <laughs> all right, so uh, match number two was for the U.S. Championship, Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory. <clears throat> I... This is probably one of the matches I was most excited for. Um, I'm a huge Bobby Lashley fan. I, I wish he wasn't fighting for the U.S. Championship again, honestly. Um, but I, in my opinion, I think you should let Brock stay at home and build Brock, Bobby Lashley back up. Um, Austin Theory... So this match, this match gave me a lot of young John Cena versus Batista vibes. Um, both are a little bit more athletic than, you know, Batista and Cena. Um, but they, I mean, Bobby Lashley's a veteran. He's been around the business for a long time, but if you're watching his match, it looks like he's a breakout star, you know, who just joined the business. Like he looks, Young, looks like a million bucks, um, hasn't lost a step. I mean, the dude doesn't age. 
Uh, Austin Theory, I know a lot of people dislike him, but that's what a heel is. And I think he's doing a really good job as a heel. And that was the first match that I watched that I actually, he was like, all right, this, this kid is, he's definitely the future. You know, wherever he goes, he has the ability to have a well-paced match to do proper storytelling and the athletic ability to continue to go and put on a really good wrestling match with somebody like Bobby Lashley. Um, I, you know, tell me what you guys think about that match. Um, it's, it's Bobby Lashley. He, and, um, that match showed why he's a vet veteran. Um, after, actually, I think that was one of his best matches in a while. And, um, I think that's because of his opponents recently. Well, well, probably since he got, he's gotten into the, um, back to the WWE. Um, somebody like Austin Theory that can, you know, make him, you know, be a more athletic match instead of like a, a big man squash match like he has, like he had with like Braun Strowman. Even though I did like those matches that Lashley had with Braun Strowman. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, the only, like I said, I, like you said, um, I didn't like about the matches. Why is Bobby Lashley back at the United States title? I think that's just like a step backwards for him. But um, I mean it's it's a title regardless. Um, he's champion. I didn't think he was going to win it, honestly. Um, but when he did, I should have thought all you know. But I didn't know that how they was going to you know do the money to make match in the cell. I mean that was kind of writing on the wall once yeah. you know, they dropped the title. That's usually what they do. Like if he drops, if the, you know champion drops something, they got plans for him. You know, so even though I don't know why they can't do it, like a champion has the money, you know. But hey, <laughs> but no. yeah, it was a, it was a good match overall. It was a good match. I was very shocked, surprised by it too. But it was a good match. I think that makes three of us. Uh, <laughs> I honestly wasn't expecting too much out of it for the build up, but I was very impressed that, uh, the match went well. The pacing was good. Um, one of the things that I, uh, being, but Bobby's being a veteran, he knew certain nuances and, and, I always give credit to Johnny Gargano with Theory when he was down in NXT. You can tell that Theory listened to him and he got a lot out of working with him because Theory's, his wrestling is more methodical and the pace. And I, I really did enjoy the match. Um, when he won, my first thought was good. Because this means that Cena and him are definitely going to wrestle at SummerSlam. Because why would does Cena need anything? Because Cena's just a part-timer, so why have it for the U.S. title? Little did I know <laughs> that what happened later on that night. But I was very impressed and actually was... Glad I didn't use it like I usually do for certain matches as a bathroom break. No, yeah, it, it 
<clears throat> it did surprise me, you know, just like you guys. Um, and, you know, like you were saying to your point, Tevin, when I don't know why I didn't think about it when he lost. I mean, the same thing happened to Seth Rollins and Randy Orton at WrestleMania 31 or 30, 30, yeah, 31, where, um, Randy. Seth Rollins lost the yeah. match against Randy. Exactly. You know, that's weird. <laughs> and then later that night, um, and then it was almost, and we'll get to the men's, you know, money in the bank match and talk about it there. But, um, the mat, yeah, the match was great. And I, I think Bobby Lashley is one of the most underrated wrestlers in history. I think he deserves, and it's weird because when you're watching him, it looks like he's only been around for a couple years because he, you know, he looks young. He looks, you know, as athletic as ever. Um, he's, when you're watching him, you're intrigued, but when you realize how long he's been in the business, you're like, this guy's been around for a long time and it definitely shows. Um, let me, let know. me tell you this. When he was in TNA and walking Armageddon, that whole storyline with the, um, beatdown clan, him yes. and Samoa Joe and Loki. Mm-hmm. That proved to me that I know he can succeed in WWE because that was a Bobby that I I did not expect when he won all the titles in TNA. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. And and I was telling people when he came back to WWE, I was like, Bobby can talk on the mic. I don't know if y'all saw his TNA. He can he can hold his own. And it was kind of shaky when he did come back because they was putting him in storylines that didn't make sense, you know, like with Lana and stuff. But now to see they actually, you know, actually did put the belt on him and he is succeeding. So that's why when I saw him win the United States, but I was like, why are they going backwards with him? And it's just like, to me, they put that belt on him just to keep him away from the WWE title, which is just, it's just frustrating. It's like, come on now. And, and honestly, I think that's the exact reason because they have so many different plans with Roman. They don't really want them to uh, clash. Plus, it gives Raw a champion that you would actually look for and get excited for week to week. Because Bobby, like you said, is a beast. If someone beats Bobby, it's going to be real surprising and you can build some intrigue. So I wasn't necessarily surprised that he won. And I'm like, okay, they're keeping them away from Roman. Okay. It's the perfect, perfect opportunity to build that U.S. championship back up. Um, you know, like you said, and, uh, and I didn't look at it until, look at it this way until you mentioned that. But yeah, we don't get to see the world championship all the time, which is honestly, I think that's okay because it gives the world championship more of that prestige that you know, that's one thing that was so big. If Andre the Giant wrestled today, he would never have been as big as of a deal as he was back then. But back then, when you only saw him in person and, you know, in the magazines where you don't see him every single week, then it's, you know, has that more of that, you know, mythical feel to it. So I think the world championship is going to become a bigger deal that now that it's not on television every single week. Oh, well, let me. Um, I don't know if y'all noticed this or not, but with, when it comes to WWE and their champions, I can tell when a when a champion's title reign is going to be short 
just simply because they will have them out every week, yes. like they did with Big E, which was kind of stupid. It's like, why is he wrestling every week, like they did with Kofi? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like when there's somebody like a Roman, you might see him. You might see he might cut a promo, but he's not wrestling every week. <laughs> So yeah. I think it's just like it's just it's like why like when you put the belt on Big E, why did we have to see him every week? I think that kind of hurt him, you know, to begin with. So, but that's another WWE thing I just don't like how they do. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely think if you're going to put the world championship on anybody and make it short term, you should just come up with a different idea with creative. Cause you, that hurts the world championship and that hurts your, you know, your talent. Um, I don't think there should be short title reigns unless it's fitting into the proper story, you know, and, uh, it comes with a shock factor. But yeah, like you said, Tevin, when you can almost predict it, like, Oh, this is going to be a short reign. Enjoy it while it lasts. Then you know, they're doing it too much. Um, the U S championship. Yeah. I think. Bobby Lashley should not defend it each week, but definitely have your main story, you know, with your weekly television around that U.S. championship. And I mean, cause like with the Intercontinental Championship, it wasn't defended at the pay per view. And I don't even know who has it, you know, like Gunther, Gunther. Yeah. Like, and, and I should know that because he's, you know, he has the ability to be and great story, you know, story, uh, telling. Um, but yeah, when you threw it on, who was it? Ricochet or Finn yeah. Balor? Who had it last? Ricochet. I think Ricochet should have had it hell of a lot longer, but I think he had it and then lost it. What was that? His first title defense? No, he, no. Actually, he actually got more title defenses than, um, Van Balor did with the U.S. title. And, yeah. uh, and the thing, it, it goes back to not really putting any thought into those championships because they don't, honestly, they don't care unless they get some kind of ideal of trying to build somebody or it's playing into some major story. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think they should definitely build the U.S. championship with Bobby Lashley. Um, let's go ahead and go to match number three for the night, which was the Raw Women's Championship. It was Carmella versus the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair. Um, I'm going to say this right now. I truly believe, this is my opinion, that Bianca Belair is the best women's wrestler in the business. Uh, and, de- I definitely would rank her in the top top five, honestly. Yeah, I, and to Tevin's point earlier, it, her being as good as she is does make it difficult because when you put her in the match with Carmella, it's very predictable at who's going to win it. Um, almost, I was almost watching this match, you know, fast forwarding in my mind, like, okay, you know, when does Bianca win this? Um, and I felt like, you know, the ending was very, uh, it was very lackluster. 
but there's not much else they could do because Bianca was so much better, you know, as far as her character, her athletic ability. Um, and then I start thinking like, well, who else, you know, there's nobody else who can do that, you know, who can stand up toe to toe with her. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, um, when Rhea got hurt and they put Carmelo in it, I, I automatically had bad flashbacks of their matches for the SmackDown title. It was so, uh, it's like, okay, I know that <laughs> we know Bianca's going to win. And it did no, it did no good for Bianca to win the way she did because it's like she just smacked her and Bianca's like, okay, I'm tired. Let's go home. <laughs> and I thought that was, uh, and, and, and to be honest, I do like Carmella. I think they have a, one of Carmella's problem is she's jumped from four different character bills and that is a big problem with her. But then again, like who else do you have? If you don't have Becky or you don't have Oscar, who else legitimately who you think besides real who got hurt, who's going to give her a good challenge? Right. Well, like I said, there's always that Shayna Baszler, but honestly, in that moment, I didn't want to see Shayna because, and this is the probably the vents of me, but <laughs> if Shayna's in that match with Bianca, Shayna has to go over. I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> uh, that's why. It's, yeah, it's it's kind of hard um, with the women's roster right now. Um, like you said, uh, when this match was announced. I think um, Carmella and uh, Bianca have gone at it the same amount of times as Brock and Roman. So it was just like, <laughs> oh, man, again? Because like I said, when when she was the women's ch- SmackDown champion, they went like four times. Exactly. Yeah. Just like, yeah, it was just tired. So I already know, like, Bianca's going to go over in this one. So it was just really uh, – I think the only good thing I-, I liked about this match – I mean, it was a good match, but – was the ending because uh, of that, um, the beatdown after the match. Now, yeah. it wasn't a beatdown to where I know, like, okay, Bianca's down. Oh, snap, is Liv going to cash it in? Because it was just a plan. I wish they would have focused more on the beatdown so we could have got that, like, oh, is Liv going to cash it on, on, on Bianca? Yeah. Because yeah. um, that was my mind. That was my mind was going. I was like, oh, I hope they don't do it. Because <laughs> now I gotta hate Liv if she beats Bianca. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for a second, I thought yeah, like the wrong person to do it. <laughs> yeah, as soon as it started, I saved it. I was like, no, it's like you're not gonna take somebody who is as you know has so much momentum behind her and Liv Morgan and have her take it off. I mean, it was it would have been like um CM Punk taking the championship off of uh, Jeff Hardy. Like you have two good guys and that. Turn CM Punk heel, which ended up being a great thing, but I don't see Liv Morgan being the kind of heel that CM Punk was. So it did. I was like, okay, she doesn't need to be taking it off of Bianca. Um, but yeah, as soon as you know Carmelo hopped out, I was like, all right, that's nowhere near enough of a beatdown. 
for um, there to be a cash in. Yeah. Then go back on your like what you said about Carmella um having four different character changes. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of cool with that because let's be honest, uh, Liv had about two or three, which I like. I said it, she really didn't need to change from NXT, right. but um, but honestly, the Carmella characters they kind of are the same. It's just you know it's just like a slight tweak, but um, <laughs> I think the only one I didn't like was the one she had that uh the face mask thing on. It that was kind of <laughs> that kind of reminded me of uh, when Cody Rose did it, but <laughs> but that that that's you know it was kind of short too. But <laughs> it good, it's good that it was short. I, I did not. There was nothing good about that. <laughs> um, I mean, and thinking about it, like. Um, you know, I'm not even going to get into it because I'm honestly, I'll be honest, I'm tired of bashing the women's division. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good match. Um, Bianca Belair is, and as, as of right now, as of right now, and I'm a huge, huge Thunder Rosa fan, but as of right now, Bianca Belair is my number one as far as best women's wrestler in the current business today. Um, so let's go ahead and jump down to the next match to, uh, and this match I'm excited for. And I thought the Lashley and Austin Theory was match of the night until, and it's weird. It's bizarre that I enjoyed it as much as I did considering we've seen it so much is the unified tag team championship match between the Usos and the Street Profits. Um, so despite seeing it over and over and over, it was unbelievable, and it just makes me realize how underrated that team of uh, tag teams that the Usos and the Street Profits are. And if we had those guys in AEW, they would be up there with people like FTR, and the Young Bucks, and I mean, they are that good, and it's such a shame that we don't have, we don't get to see suitable opponents for them that's not each other. Um, because if you can put on that good a, a tag match after having, you know, a hundred tag matches together and still do new things and new, you know, uh, shock factors, that's shows how good of, a tag team you are. Um, yeah, in my opinion, that's that was a match of the night. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, that goes to show if you give the tag teams time, they can do it. And like you said, over and over and over, n- nobody – I would be surprised if anybody thought this was going to be the match of the night. And as many times as the Usos have pulled out great matches with many different opponents, I was really, I was pleasantly shocked. And the Street Profits are so underrated. I, 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 to be truthful, never cared for them. Honestly. But they proved something to me and won me over with that match. Um, look, 
I thought of this match as the same as the Bianca and Carmella. Like, I knew the outcome. I've seen this before. But, like, <laughs> it was the match of the night to me, too. Um, I was very surprised about this. Um, because, honestly, I didn't know who was going to win. <laughs> like, halfway through the match, I was like, oh, man, they might get the profits that, you know, the <laughs> beat the Usos. Um and I just want to give the Street Profits, you know, uh, praise because, like I said, they stepped up their game. I wasn't expecting that. Um, I've been following them since NXT, and mm-hmm. their matches are like, uh, I don't want to say, um, I don't want to demean them or any kind of way, but they always seem kind of simple. It's like you get the heat tag, you know, mm-hmm. and frog splash. This yeah. match showed, you know, like, oh, Okay, <laughs> they're actually contenders um, in this tag team division. So, and don't get me wrong, I always liked them, but I just never really thought uh, as a threat. And I knew when they became on the main roster, I knew they was gonna get the titles. But it was just one of those teams, like, yeah, because they're over, they're gonna get the titles. So I think this match actually proved, you know, especially to the haters, because I saw before this match online, a lot of people saying, you know, well. Street Profits, they're never going to, you know, beat the Usos because, you know, they're a comedy act and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, the Street I was like, they're, they're more than a comedy act. I don't even consider them a comedy act. They're an entertaining act. <laughs> yeah. Not like, you know, like the New Day. But, I mean, right. actually, after tonight, you could say they're like the New Day because they can be funny and actually put on a nice match. But <laughs> this is a different type, type of tag team. They, they When they want to be serious, they can, you know, be serious. And um, Montez Ford, um, we all know the future is bright with him. Um, oh, yeah. He's, uh, I'm just hoping when he does get that opportunity, he he takes full advantage of it. Um, and um, Angelo Dawkins, um, man, he's really, and you know what's funny? Because he's been wrestling for years. And it's, it's crazy that now he's getting, you know, this opportunity but he's really improving to me, like, because they had him wrestling like a big guy. He wasn't really doing the, all these fancy stuff, but he's actually, he's growing on me, you know, as well now. But uh, both as a team, I'm expecting big things, you know, in the future for them. Yeah. So agreed on both of them. Uh, Dawkins has definitely, and seeing it last night, he's definitely stepped it to a new level as well as Montez Ford. Montez Ford looks like he just got jacked and he looked like a million bucks. Um, you already know he could talk whether it's funny or serious. Um, I think I saw maybe one or two too many DX crotch chops. <laughs> I mean, it was over and over and over. I, you know, popped for it the first couple of times, but then it's like, all right, we get, we get hey, it. And the young bucks made a living off of that. So they, <laughs> sure, my they sure did. I'll let them, let them have their fun. Um, so the, the problem is, and there's been a lot of discussion, um, with Montez Ford being as good as he is, you already know, and this is definitely something in Vince's, the back of Vince's mind is I can make money off this guy as a singles competitor. Um, I do think Dawkins would be fine, um, uh, in the singles division, uh, but I can also see how it could hurt him. Um, uh, but Montez Ford, yeah, he only 
the only place for him to go is to the moon. The only thing that worries me with the fact that they're discussing splitting him up and there's rumors and usually oh, where there's yeah. smoke, there's fire. Yeah, the only yeah. thing that concerns me with that is what other, so is it just the Usos <laughs> and New Days now? Like, is, <laughs> is that it? Is it? Well, here's what? the problem with that. It's, it's too soon. <laughs> and, um, like I said, like you said, there's the Usos New Day. And honestly, I believe, uh, Xavier, he's, He's slowly, you know, going off the company because, you know, his gaming thing is, is getting big. So, like, yeah. he can really do that full time. And Kofi, I think if he gets another injury, I think he's about to pack up his bags, too. But, uh, yep. uh Angelo Dawkins, like, if they do break up, um, I'm going to tell you this. I, I, I've been watching Angelo for uh, years. Um, the problem w- with him was there was no connectivity with the audience. He wasn't a talker. He he had a nice gimmick, but it was just people couldn't connect with him. But since teaming with Montez, he has oh man, <laughs> um, he has improved a lot. So I probably wouldn't be worried about him because he has his own little thing with him too. He is a character by himself. Yes, he um, is. So I wouldn't, you know hold that against if he does you know uh i think he will succeed it's just what you put in front of them yeah you know if they put the same effort into montez you know to the um dawkins he should be fine well and that's that's the problem they clearly are not and (laughs) but that match though shows that he can step up and go with anyone he really Honestly, I thought he was the MVP of the night. He really just coming out moves when he he didn't used to do the jumps over the top ropes. Now he does them. And he's doing them with ease. It's like, wow. Mm-hmm. And I, like y'all, it's too soon. But this is the problem with the tag team. Who you got? Who yeah. do you have? You don't have anybody even on standby as far as legitimate contenders for the unified tag team championships. Um, so, and unfortunately, this is the kind of thing that WWE is notorious for is when you don't have somebody in a tag team division, what do you go to? doesn't matter. You They split them up anyways. So, you know, nobody's safe in tag team divisions and, They'll split them up and then throw two singles guys together, you know, before. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) I was just going to say they, they'll split a legitimate tag team up and then put two, you know, singles guys together who have no chemistry and they'll do that time and time again and wonder why the tag team division is not getting, you know, high ratings. Well, you know, um, I see what they're doing with the, um, Damn, I don't even know what to call them now. Um, the Viking Raiders. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say Viking Experience. <laughs> I see, I see what they're doing with yeah. them. They're making them more aggressive. Um, I believe there's a draft coming up probably like in September. Um, what I'm predicting, all those tag teams and NXT that aren't part of the um, next in line, they're gonna get called up. Like all the indie wrestlers, like um, mm-hmm. Cameron Grimes, probably um, Pretty Ditley, they're all gonna get cut off to the main roster, and NXT is gonna be officially 
they're next in line, you know, people. I you think know, the guys from, you know, uh, sports program, you know, in college, because that's what, yeah, that's going to be NXT from now on. So I, I, I think they're, they're going to try to rebuild the tag team division. Cause, um, it's funny. Cause I don't know if a lot of y'all caught on SmackDown. Um, Max Dupree, the maximum model uh, <laughs> agency. Max Dupree. Okay, now, that's it. now, now, would it have make sense to call up Pretty Diddly for that? <laughs> it would have. Yeah. Even been though perfect. I'm not mad with uh, Mace and um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty mad about they got Monsoor in that bitch because I'm just like, yeah. well, that was top tweet random right there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> it would have made more sense if they just brought up Billy for that. But um, I, I just I'm just glad to see Mace not in that you know retribution get up and you know maybe he can talk now. So uh, you know personality wise, <laughs> so I'm just gonna wait and see how this goes because like I said, it's not like the first time we we haven't seen this. Um, you know you had Billy and Chuck with uh what's his name um. Rico. Rico, Rico, yes, yes. yeah, Rico, <laughs> Rico with the chops. Double, you have Devil Team Dream. He would have been perfect for that. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. So I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm not gonna crap on it like everybody else did. I'm just gonna wait and see what they're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I found it funny, and anything is better than what Mace was doing. So, again, I like exactly. you. Now, I, I, but I, here's I, the thing. To do that, you got to be fully 100% in it. And exactly. you can tell they are. Exactly. <laughs> so, we're going to wait and see how this goes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I think, like you said, with the tag team division, you do it with the draft. You do it the right way. Um, you bring up those guys, and you don't just bring them up and bury them immediately. Then... I think uh, the future is good for the tag team division, but um, as long as Vince has any control and creative, my hopes are not going to be too high for the tag team division. Uh, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, so, yes, uh, uh, Usos remain unified tag team champions, and uh, and I guess we're going to see another match with the between the oh, two with the way the it ended. Yeah, yeah, the ending. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how we forgot about Yeah. Yeah, that so... Was- <laughs> Did any of y'all catch that? Um, like after the match was over, um, like before they even said anything, <laughs> that the shoulder wasn't down. Because I didn't even honestly. I no, I, I would. I would just pop in that they hit the one D and it was over. Yeah, exactly. It, so yeah. they had just built it up so good. I was just yeah. popping. So that and that too shows how well they had drawn the crowd in. Because like you mm-hmm. said, generally. You, we notice things like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, the, the, yeah, once they hit the one and done, I got stoked too. It's like, oh, um, I knew we weren't going to see a kick out. I knew, I mean, once they hit it, I knew it was done. I did think it was odd how Montez was like almost hugging, uh, whichever Oos was pinning him. I was like, that's such a weird, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> Dude, I don't even know. Like, why. Roll it onto him. Yeah, that's what I said. I don't know why he grabbed the arm. That don't. I was like, usually when that, I was like, you don't pin like that. So that was kind of weird. So unless uh, it's like a like you know with the tights pulling the tights, something like that, give you more right. leverage. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah but which you know, I mean, it might be. I don't know, but <laughs> no, it, it's they're probably going to have another match, and if it's if it tops what they did, you know, at Money in the Bank, or even comes close to the same thing, you know, I'm not going to argue it. Um, I'm all for good tag team wrestling. If if we see it over and over again, and each match is better, then I'm cool with it. But once it starts getting like, okay, they're doing the same stuff, um, then that's when I'm not going to be able to talk highly about it. Um, all right, so let's go ahead to uh, match number five, which was the SmackDown Women's World Championship uh, defended. Ronda Rousey, the women's champion, defending it against Natalia. Um, my first thing I put on the notes was, and I did this watching it was Natalia ain't winning that. (laughs) 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 Like there's, uh, and it goes, I mean, just like, you know, Bianca and Carmella, you know, I had a little more belief that Carmella could than I do Natalia beating Ronda. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those, okay, they don't have anybody for Ronda. So let's do a storyline with Natalia, which they, again, they've been friends for, I mean, a long time. Natalia helped train Ronda Rousey, but the best storytelling they could do is a couple weeks of making fun of each other. And that's the match. Let me ask you this. Was that match a stipulation? Was it, was there any stipulations in that match? No. No. It would have been better if that was a submission match, you know, especially because of the ending. But um, and why not? Like, why not do that? Like, that would make it more uh, the least bit more interesting. Exactly, the sharpshooter. That's what I'm saying. As long as you know, that's Natalia's wheelhouse right there. The sharpshooter is more believable that she might win. Yeah. Oh, so who popped when Ronda hit the sharpshooter and then did the Shawn Michaels pose? <laughs> that was funny. I was like, oh, you, you know what's wow, so- if you really want to get heat. <laughs> I, 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 had, I came and lied to y'all. I had to catch it on the replay. That's how this interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely, that was about- I fast forwarded <laughs> half of the match. Yeah. And it is not against the women. It's no, not- it's not. No, it's, it's just uh, the predictability of this match. Like I said, they, the story, the storytelling sucks and they did nothing, nothing to hype up the possibility that Natalia is a legit threat to Ronda Rousey. They didn't do anything. She came out and made fun of her for being a mom. Like I, yeah. <laughs> like, like I, they didn't, you know, create the legit you know, they didn't have done nothing to build Natalia's credibility as a possible world champion. And she's been with the company forever. And I think I she's mean, the longest uh, woman wrestler. Yeah. That's it, active, that been, you know. So it's, <coughs> I mean, it's, Next it's to Alicia a, Fox. She was, I think she was the second, but yeah. So <laughs> I'm glad, you know, even though I fast forwarded here and there, I'm glad I didn't fast forward too much because we did get the cash in. Um, and like I said, I really wish Liv would have just held it. And I mean, when she came out, it, it was very clear she was cashing in. I was just like, here we go again. Fifth now, year running. Now, with uh, that being said, because um, I had to actually replay that because um, I didn't even see where, where Rhonda, you know, when she was uh, – you know, um, 
that tension on her uh, ankle or whatever. I didn't mm-hmm. see where she hurt that at. That's why I was just like, so I was just like, when I heard Liv's music come out, I automatically think, okay, she's cashing in. Oh, this might be a fell attempt. Because I was like, Rhonda's not even hurt. But yes. then I saw them. I was just like, I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> I, I, I agree. I don't know where the ankle injury or knee injury came from. I, if it was just from being in a sharpshooter for a little bit. Um, I don't know if it was just being oversold or if I missed something. Um, Rhonda probably forgot to sell it through, you know, and I wrote down in my notes before the, you know, when Rhonda got Liv in an ankle lock, I wrote down, I said, what is the point of the women's div- money in the bank match? If you're just going to have either a quick transitional, you know, champ or a failed attempt. The night of, like, why even have the mat? I was so mad. I'm gonna tell you that though. I'm gonna tell you. I was like, honestly, realistically, if I was in the Money in the Bank match, I'd probably do it the same night too, just because of that unpredictability. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, uh, you know, when, I, like, <laughs> I get it. Like five, you know, five, it's been done five times. I mean, you know, now it's kind of predictable, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the whoever's in the main event. They're not thinking, oh, he might cash it in tonight. You know, no. the first well, night. He just they, had a match. He's they asked, yeah, they asked her, they said, you know, asked the Liv Morgan. She said WrestleMania was looking pretty good. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, sweet. She's thinking about a WrestleMania cash and we're finally going to get a proper story around the women's money in the bank briefcase. <laughs> Look, when, and, and when anybody announces when they're going to cash it in, it's always a fell attempt anyway. That's why I wouldn't even realize what. Like, theory, well, he announced the uh, SummerSlam. That's when you're yeah. going. And I'm just like, oh, okay. They ain't going to do it. Well, yeah. well see, I, I had a couple of different feelings. When I heard Lil's music, I actually had went to my kitchen to get me something to drink, <laughs> so I stuck my head back out. I was like, uh-oh, Liv? Then I was like, oh, great. That means Liv and Charlotte at SummerSlam. She gonna get smashed. Charlotte gonna <laughs> smash her. Oh my god! And that's what I was saying. You know, when uh, Tevin was talking about ASH being a transitional champion, like what's Liv? Like, <laughs> like, a lot of people are saying that too. So I was just like, right, we'll, see. we'll see. But then was, I got the, I, I got a little hope when I heard Ronda's gonna wrestler again. So I said, okay. She could get a win and then lose at the next pay per view to Charlotte. Okay, um, at least she yeah. can get a win. No, if my she, biggest if... fear, my biggest fear is when she won it. Then I was just like, "Well, Monday night she might lose it." Yeah, next night they lose it. I'm just like, "Oh, yeah." They did. Didn't they do that with the Miz? Which I was cool with it because I was yeah. ready for Bobby yeah. Lashley to be, yeah. you know, champ, and, but. Look, they did that with, I think, the most memorable was Zack Ryder, how he won the IC oh, title at God. WrestleMania. Yes, I was at that. I was at that WrestleMania. Why? He wasn't even in the match originally. He was, somebody got injured and he was thrown in there. So he was not really? like, yeah, yeah, he was oh, thrown in there like the night before. I forgot who was supposed to be in it, but they got injured. Um, oh. and he was thrown in there. So nobody was like, nobody was planning on Zack Ryder winning that. And so here's I, and here's another funny fact. Vince specifically t- said let him win it because we can always switch it back the next night. Yes. Oh my gosh. No, that uh, I don't know. 
<clears throat> I don't know what the inter- or who was talking about it, but I do remember like Vince legit said something along those lines, like just give it to him, let him have his night. And we can switch it back. <laughs> I never knew that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And and that's when they brought Maurice back with Miz yeah. the next night. Um and I I Maurice annoys the fire out of me. <laughs> like, I um I love, Maurice. I love Maurice. I don't know why you hate it on her. She has got nothing. She is God's gift. So. <laughs> See, I just can't. I can't. It's um, okay, so, alright, so, yes, Ronda R- R- Rousey lost the championship against Liv Morgan, which was a, I, like you, know, you said, Tevin, I thought it was gonna be a failed attempt, and I was, I was mad at first, why is she cashing in the night of, again, and two, why are they gonna have her lose the cashing match? Like, it, it's ridiculous. But at least she won it, and I'm praying that some by some miracle she is able to hold it off until Mania. Don't think that's going to happen. Um, but, I mean, if you're going to build somebody and not use the money in the bank case, then build somebody with the women's championship. Um, but like, you know, Bear said, it's, it's only a matter of time before Charlotte takes it. <laughs> or a returning Bailey. Sure. Or, I mean... Um, Maybe or, that's how, maybe that's how they get uh Sasha Banks back. Yeah. <laughs> um I mean I I hope they don't do a rematch with Ronda because there's no believable way that Liv is gonna beat Ronda Rousey. Um unless they are building a non championship feud between Ronda and somebody else who runs in, which like we've all said it before, they don't put that kind of time into storytelling with the women's division. So if, if they are going to run them back, um, that match need, needs to be a triple threat match. Cause like you said, I don't think it's believable either. If yeah. And, and like I say, you know how they do those big pay-per-views like WrestleMania and SummerSlam. <laughs> and I'm getting tired of this too. It's always a triple threat match. There's never yeah. uh, yep. one-on-one. It's always a trip. Yeah. So that's, they might do that for SummerSlam. Yeah, and and the reason they do that is, I mean, especially started with the four horsewomen. It started with Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky at WrestleMania 32, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, they do that because they're wanting to build two women at the time. So they put. I mean, same reason they did a four way at the Forbidden Door. You know, Matt, they need somebody to pin. They need somebody who's not gonna it's not gonna hurt them as much or somebody who's not as legitimate like they're not gonna have Liv Morgan pin Ronda Rousey again in a clean you know finish so I can definitely see them throwing in Natalia and then having Liv beat Natalia for retaining the women's championship uh poor Natalia <laughs> uh all right so we'll let's go ahead and jump down to the final match I, I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking that we had Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank. Wait, and, wait. Before we get to that, uh, that main event, we got to talk about that video we saw. Yes. That video package. <laughs> um, you know, at first thought, you know, a lot of people thought it was Bray Wyatt. Oh, oh, how could I forget this? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I did too, but. 
knowing what I know about what Bray has put out, I was like, I highly doubt he's coming back to the WWE. Oh, yeah, it ain't happening. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> you know, the internet is quick, too, because somebody put the pieces together. Like, I didn't see the license plate that said, you know, Latino. Yeah, yeah I <laughs> sent that in the Discord when I saw it. Yeah. I was, honestly, I was relieved when I saw it because I was like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. It like, it's Edge. So I was like, oh, okay, Edge. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's, um, I just don't know. I mean, his Judgment Day character was such, so shortly lived mm-hmm. that I don't, I mean, he was a heel for how long? <laughs> like, like so, a month or two. <laughs> yeah, so a I don't know month. if he's coming back as a bigger heel or if he's coming back as a exactly. completely new that, character. Because I'm just like, well, because after Judgment Day turned on him, that kind of made him a babyface. Yeah, he's definitely going to be a babyface. And yeah. part of the reason is because they need one to step up for Cody being hurt. And uh, another reason, uh, other part of it, they were going to do some spooky stuff with the Judgment Day, and he did not want to do that. So he was like, hey, just l- let them kick boot me out. Yeah. No, I, and that's why I wish he would go to AEW so he could have more of his creative control, his more freedom. But I think he chose to be a baby face again because he saw how damn good of a heel that Christian is and knew that there's no way he could compete. So he was probably tapping out. He's like, all right, you know what? Christian, you could have that. I'll go back, go back to being a baby face. Hey, hey, AJ. You had a dad, but he's dead. <laughs> oh man! Oh no, the the apology was even better for me. Hey, yeah. I apologize. Your whole your family whole should family. be dead. <laughs> it's, it's, Except your mom, <laughs> call me. Oh man! As Christian is, he's. Uh, there's no word to describe how good. He is. I mean, in-ring storytelling, he'll, uh, I, jeez. Yes, like, I thought I liked Hill Edge until I saw Hill Christian. I was like, oh, that's, that is good. I told you at the last podcast that Christian is a underrated heel. Yes. Top five. Yes. Top five for me. And (laughs) that's not even his heel work now. His heel work going back, like we talked about at the WrestleMania countdown. I mean, he's, I, I think he should have held world championship gold way before he eventually, you know, ended yeah. up getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he got it as a baby face because Edge retired and then lost it immediately and turned heel against Randy Orton. And that's when he should have held it again. But they, WWE didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Shock factor. Shock factor of the night. WWE doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> um, oh, all right. You know Go what? Ahead. A lot of people, oh, well, I just want to point this out. So when we did see that video, I'm, I'm, like I said, the internet is quick. You know who a lot of people thought that was besides Bray? Gable, uh, Stevenson. Yeah, said, I'm just like, <laughs> why would they put that gimmick on? <laughs> I was just like, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> I saw that gold medal too. And I'm always like, well, who the heck do they got? That's the gold medal. Well, Olympic 
you know, medalists, I was like, well, there's Chad Gable. There's a, <laughs> there was Jason Jordan. And now they got Gable Stevens. Like, huh? <laughs> Can you imagine Gable Stevenson coming in as a dark heel character? <laughs> that would be so weird. I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I think it's Edge, um, unless they do some kind of wild swerve. But I'm pretty sure that's who we're gonna be seeing in this new character. And, uh, what the character is, I'm, I'm actually intrigued to see. I just hope it's not, you know, a dud. It doesn't end up being something stupid. Um, all right. So yeah, let's get down to the main event. Like I said, I thought we were going to be seeing Roman and Brock at Money in the Bank. Um, and then they did that whole video package and I was thinking like, oh, are they doing the, this match before the men's Money in the Bank? And then I realized, I was like, oh, we're not, we're not getting that match. Uh, tonight. The SummerSlam. A SummerSlam, which I think is, I mean, that's, if, yeah, I think you should do that. I think the world championship should be defended on the four main pay-per-views so you could do proper story building and not have transitional champions, um, in the monthly pay-per-views. So I actually, that's something I feel like WWE is doing right currently and we'll see if they continue to do so. Uh, the men's money in the bank ladder match. Um, we had Riddle, Matt Riddle, Seth Rollins, almost, uh, Moss, Sami Zayn, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre. And then you had a, another entrant and I heard people yelling Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> ain't going to be Cody Rhodes. And I actually think it's like, who's it going to be? Like, who are they? Are they going to bring in somebody from NXT? Is it going to be? Right. And as soon as he said his name, I was like, how did I not think of him? <laughs> like, how, like, why was it that in the front of my mind? I was watching a live stream um, when they shot out um, in the clutch entertainment. <laughs> I was watching a live stream with them. And um, when Adam Pierce came out there um, and announced there was going to be another person in there, this guy named Ross, um, <laughs> his face dropped and he was just like, Oh, I hope they don't bring Brock Lesnar out. <laughs> his face just, you can look at his, the pain in his face. He was like, why? <laughs> I'm challenging man, you, Roman. I didn't even think of that until he said, I was just like, I hope they don't do that. <laughs> so that's, so that's, I've seen so much heat. So. We're just going to jump to it. Uh, Austin Theory was at it, and Austin Theory won the match. And it, uh, once he was in it, it became pretty predictable. Um, I was going for either Sami Zayn for the storytelling with the bloodline. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> or Matt Riddle just to build him up. And I think he could could have done some funny stuff with the you know, Money in the Bank Championship. Or Seth Rollins just to have the threat of a WrestleMania 31 repeat. Um but bringing on Austin Theory, so many people were legit pissed off. Like I saw people leaving and I was like, I love this. Austin Theory is a legit heel. He is legit getting people, you know, heated at him. And I think this way is the right way to do it. Instead of having the match going on, 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 then you'd have somebody young like Mustafa Ali reach it for the you know, money in the bank, and then Brock Lesnar music hits. Like, hey, hey, why didn't he just grab the briefcase when he just watched? Brock right, Lesnar? I, I hated that. that. 
I so hated I, I, that. I get the whole thing. He's probably shocked, like, but he had enough time just to grab that briefcase once he's seen, you know. It's just like, come on now. Yeah, Brock yeah, Lesnar. I, I would have grabbed that briefcase, slid down, <laughs> and been exactly. out the door. Lesnar isn't fast. I mean, if you're Mustafa Ali, I think you can outrun him. But yeah. uh, no, I mean that's that's the right way to do it. Bring him in in the beginning of the match so he could show that the dude had a match against Bobby Lashley, uh, a knockout brawl. And then he comes in, has a full money in the bank match and still wins it. He's legitimate, a legitimate, legitimate threat to the world champion. And he is one of the biggest heels in the current business. And I think that's great. I think it's great for television. I think it's great. I mean, uh, proper storytelling where it's one of the few times WWE is actually doing it right currently. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I think he should be in Roman's ear and, you know, I would like to see a baby face bloodline, um, with the, really? <laughs> yeah, it, I know, I know uh, that's, so no, hold on, hold on, baby face I, Roman. <laughs> let me, let me mention, let me rephrase this, put some context to it. I, I want to see the same version of Roman Reigns of the bloodline that we are seeing now, but against a heel, a proper heel. So keep the badassery that he has where he looks at him like almost like he looks at him like he's just not a threat. You know what I mean? Like he looks at him like, oh, this kid, like seriously. But then have you know, a theory really start trying to get into Roman's head and, uh, Mm-hmm. Then I think Theory should pull the trigger when people least expect it, and and Roman Reigns near record breaking world champ. I mean, if you want to make Austin Theory the biggest heel in the company, you have all the tools in front of you to do so. Um, I pray that Brock Lesnar does not beat Roman because I, <laughs> I just don't want to. I mean, I want to see Roman. I want to see somebody else's champion. I don't want it to be Brock. Um, well. It's funny, uh, I was thinking about this with, uh, Theory, Brock and him have history. Oh, you're right. Elimination Chamber. And that, <laughs> and as much as I don't want to see Brock as champion, that would be funny. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I thought that, uh, I thought to myself, huh, okay, well, he can play around, and like you said, Roman is, is basically a tweener. He's on the edge of twi- being a tweener. He can go either way because look at how much people pop for him. Mm-hmm. And when he's acknowledge me, everybody, yeah, everybody acknowledge him. So I can see it, but. With, and you get, like you said, you get to build theory more. You mm-hmm. get the threat. Like SummerSlam, he's going to run out after the match. If something's going to happen, he's going to turn around and go back. He's not going to cash it in. Uh, I think, I don't think he should cash it in at SummerSlam, but I think he should be the reason Brock Lesnar loses at SummerSlam by going out there and kind of almost replaying the elimination chamber. Like, Hey, you remember, you remember me? And, uh, putting that kind of threat and then Brock Lesnar being distracted and losing, 
Um, and that's, you know, a great way to really build him because he, also theory, he, he comes off as a idiot, but he's not. He, like, he's in the ring. You could tell he wrestles smart. He wrestles like a smart heel. He's not just an, uh, you know, um, an idiot. Self Rollins. He's a young Self Rollins. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Um, I think if they're going to do another WrestleMania cash in, I don't think I would want it to be anybody else except Seth Rollins again or Austin Theory. Um, I'm sold on Austin Theory. I love that people hate him as much as they do right now. Um, it, it makes me, I mean, I know I'm supposed to boo the bad guys, but it just makes me laugh when I watch people hate on these heels so much on social media. Like <laughs> I'm unfollowing you, you, you piece of crap. You're, uh, love it. <laughs> it's funny because, um, people was complaining about theory winning. And I was just like, well, isn't that what y'all be complaining about WWE? They don't create new stars. There's actually a new yeah. guy that's being put in the main event. It's just like the one time WWE gives you what you want, new faces, y'all complain. And this just brings me back to what Daniel Bryan says. These fans are fickle. Fickle. <laughs> it's fickle because it, it's crazy. Fickle. I agree. It's, it's different. Exactly. Yeah. And I, as much as, uh, we all wanted um, Sami Zayn to win. <laughs> I knew yeah. he wasn't going to win just for the simple fact, hey, there's a built-in storyline that made sense. No, they're not going with that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the fans are more creative than WWE's creative. <laughs> like, well, like, WWE's creative aren't fans of wrestling. It's, just, it's ridiculous. They yeah, that's for real. Right? That's that's why I'm just like, why? Why that don't make sense. Yeah. Well, but that goes back to this is entertainment versus wrestling. Yeah. We make movies, pal. <laughs> <laughs> That's so what it is. Me and my friend, he always says, uh, most likely if it makes sense, WWE is not gonna go that route. <laughs> Bingo. Exactly. Cause Bingo. Because every time I point at mom, I was like, Why why didn't they do this? They could have done this, this. And he was like, Tevin. Because it makes sense. <laughs> that's why they're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's and 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 like I said, and I, you know, currently AEW is my favorite product right now. Um, <clears throat> but I do want all wrestling companies to succeed. Um, you know, I'll turn on Impact, and when they're doing good stuff, I'm excited. I'm hooked. I'm watching it. But then when they do something stupid, it's like, oh my gosh, AEW. When they do something stupid, I'm like, see, like the the Wardlow and the bodyguards match. I was like, that were <laughs> entertained by that. that was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, I mean, the one good thing that I do give credit for to AEW for um, when they do make those kind of mistakes, they're really good at either owning up to it or getting past it. Um, one of the biggest botches that's going to go down in wrestling history is the exploding death wire or death, you know, barbed wire death match, uh, where Eddie Kingston was selling it like the whole place was going to blow. Oh and then God. you got the sparklers and, right. but Kenny Omega the next night or next week completely, you know, I mean, they make, they make fun. They can laugh at themselves. Self, yeah. You know, and, and move forward. And that's where WWE. 
just needs to fire that camera guy. That's another thing too. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if y'all watched Raw tonight, but um, before I got on, I was watching and um, a theory uh, attacked uh, um, Bobby Lashley with the briefcase, right? So he had the briefcase in his hand, and he was hitting um, Bobby Lashley with it over the head. Now it was kind of weird the camel angle, so it was just like every time um, Theory would hit Lashley over the head. It would change camera, you know, angle, yeah. right? <laughs> and I know why they do that. <laughs> and it's obvious why they do that. Now, AEW, they don't do that. Um, did y'all see the blood and guts um, thing they did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when Chris Jericho jumped off the thing, cause they did this before and they didn't, um, they didn't pan the camera out. Right. And matter of fact, it was the same thing. It was Chris Jericho cause I think he was the first time to do it too. Now when he landed, you could tell that um Pat was phone. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that would have been the time WWE would have panned to a different angle. And it's just like it just gives it away, you know, like the yeah. you know, the magic. So <laughs> it's it's definitely give and take with that because I, I almost I hate that when they do that too. Um mm-hmm. I mean they even did it just this, you know, this blood and guts with uh Sammy Guevara. Um you know, I agree. I wish they, I wish they would know when to cut, but when you get 20 different cuts in a, you know, 15 second ankle lock, yeah, money yeah. in the bank cash in, then I do, I get dizzy. Or when they, oh, you know, no. like I said, if you go back and watch tonight with, um, theory did that, the same it, was thing. Just, it was crazy because he, he did it like he hit him in the head like 10 times and each time they switched him. Like, oh my gosh. Or when they, or when they like, you know, when somebody goes through the table and they shake the camera, <laughs> they're like, <"Whoa." laughs> like, so I would rather see, you know, a little bit of, you know, botch things here and there on a still camera where I can actually watch what's going on than be busy halfway through, you know, an episode of Monday Night Raw. And, um, and then they got mad because <laughs> we all know it's it's not real. There's spots. And oh, yeah. the people lost their mind. Oh my God. They have foam there to protect them. What kind of crap is this? I wanted to see death. <laughs> like fans, really? are, fans can be so blood hungry. I mean, they, they complain when there's foam, when there's stuff. But I mean, honestly, cause he legit broke his elbow yeah. on that. Yeah, 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 I yeah. mean, it wasn't even though there was, you know, that covering, um, one of my landed. favorite, when Rikishi was pushed off the top of the hell in a cell onto that hay truck. Oh, <laughs> like that. Like I, I don't know if y'all fallen on hay before, but that's no cushion. I don't know how Rikishi <laughs> survived that. <laughs> but I mean that's what people want to see. They want to see people's body contorted like mankind. <laughs> they wanted to see uh Shane Mc- that Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon thing. Yeah. yeah. That's what they want to see. Yep. Head hits concrete. <laughs> and Kurt was determined to put him through. Y'all heard and, the story of Kurt tell that story? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> brutal. I mean, that, but that's what the fans, like, oh, and that's what it is. It's, it's almost like fans, some fans watch wrestling hoping there's a car crash. Yeah. Like, I mean, when you watch, when you watch a motor cry, motocross or something like that, you know, you're watching it because you're waiting for, something to go wrong you're not waiting for them to land the same trick they've been landing every single time 
But the only thing is, I mean, like, in wrestling, do you want to see Chris Jericho fall onto concrete? <laughs> I don't think you do. I don't think you understand that if there's no cushion there, you may see a grown man die on live television. But but that's the thing is they have so many ways of drawing you into legit hate someone that you want to see it. Which is good. It's good, but again, these are human beings. Why would you want to see someone hurt themselves to end their career? Yeah. And and like we said, we are bloodthirsty fans. If we see blood, we just like sharks in the water. Yes, yes. Yeah, There's a reason they say red equals green in the wrestling business. I mean, and it's not like so it annoys me when fans do point out, oh, there's cushion. You can't tell me the same fan saying that can go up to the top of that cage and do a, you know, fallen spot onto it. They're not going to do it. There's still risk factor. There's still the same amount of fear, no matter how much adrenaline you have. That is a scary spot when you're up there. You know, when you're, you know, looking, when you're on the ground looking at the top of a roof, it doesn't look that high. But when you get on the roof and you're looking down, it looks three times as high. Yeah. Now, when you have a 15, 20 foot cage, imagine that. Like when you're up there, it probably looks like a long way down. And I don't, I don't care how much cushion or anything. That's still a risky spot. And I'm always hoping, holding my breath, hoping that they're okay at the end of it. Oh, um, yeah. Especially but, the AEW stuff, man. That blood and guts, man. I was, yeah. worried. I was like, oh my god, I hope they don't hurt themselves. Yeah, you know, and and uh <laughs> I mean, that's as fans, we have to understand that, you know, we have to be able to say, okay, this is not real, but enjoy the stories being told. Like I know Sammy Guevara's fine jumping off that, but I like to escape reality. Be like, oh my gosh, he ain't getting back up. There ain't no way. There ain't, you know, like enjoy it, enjoy it like that. You don't go to a movie, watch it, going fake. This is fake. <laughs> this is. There's no I, way that's real. I can't. Like, re- I can't remember where I saw uh, who. Oh no, uh, it was Chris Van Bleek. He does a lot of uh, interviews, and mm-hmm. I can't remember who he was on. Uh, he was interviewing the guy's like, "Well, rap oh. is just fake, just fake." He said, "Well, movies are fake." Oh, it was that. It was that poker dude, I think. Yeah, Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the best way I've ever heard anyone put that. I always said that. I compare. I always compare it to Mm -hmm. when you go to watch the Marvel movies. Do you? He's like, you know, that's fake too. It's not really a rich guy in a suit flying around saving the world. And those guys have stuntmen. Like they're not even doing it themselves. (laughs) Exactly, and they're not doing it themselves. These guys are. And CG. Yeah, CGI. So we have more of a foot to stand on to make fun of the movies they go and watch than they do to make fun of the wrestling we watch. Exactly. And Junior described it best. He says this is literally blood, sweat, and tears on a canvas. (laughs) Yeah. No. So I went to go train to you know. Uh, with an indie promotion, I went to go train to be a wrestler because, I mean, watching it growing up, I was like, all right, the ring has give. It had like I could tell it's well, it doesn't. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know how people do. I mean, 
I did one training set. And I mean, granted, I did it when I was 28. So I'm not as young as I probably yeah. should have started. But even then, I'm like, I mean, doing it, I was okay. It hurt. But then mm-hmm. I woke up the next morning. Exactly. And I, I felt like I've been I did in a too, crook. So I when did. these, so <laughs> I was going to say, so when I see celebrities come in, and they actually do, you know, like Bad Bunny and right. and even Shaq. And, like, when they – dude, my hat's off to them. Like, that's no – it's no jo- – it's literally boards. Exactly. Like, that's literally what it is. Look, I didn't realize that until – like, I knew it was boards, but it was a match in TNA uh, recently, I think in the last year or two, that had a – and I think it was um, LAX that was involved. Maybe, oh, yeah. Um, uh, LAX versus the uh, OGs. Yeah, and they right. and they just had the planks on. The, they they removed the covering. Oh. Yes, and I was just like, "Are you serious? That's all it is? Just wood plank?" And it was just very little padding. Like when they put the padding, you could tell it was thin. So I was yeah. like, "Oh, I, you don't even feel that when you hit. That's nope. straight wood that you're hitting." I was just like, "That's oh man!" <laughs> I was like, "That's crazy, dude." I go back and watch Tough Enough. And I, cause I always thought, I was like, dude, I could, I could have been in tough enough. I could have do, you know, I, I know I have the ability to do it, but I'm watching those guys. I'm like, they, you take it, it, they do that. They do a hundred of those a day. Yeah. A bit of callus in their back. Yeah. I did maybe, I did maybe 30 and it felt like a thousand. I mean, exactly. That's why they have you do that when you're in training. That's all you do your first couple of weeks. Yeah. Take I'm bumps. telling <laughs> your inside is rattling against your rib cage. <laughs> those bumps. Like and, just, it, and then just think about this. The way they train now is much better than they used okay. to train. Yeah. 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 And, and, so, and, and they used to be protective of the business. So they would legitimately beat, beat you. Yeah. If you could take it, then you could go to train. Yeah. No. And, I want Bill Devon as my trainer. <laughs> now I mean that's so when I'm watching the men's money in the bank match and they do you know high spots off of ladders dude, I can't imagine I really can't like Matt Riddle hitting Rollins with that RKO from I was like, dude like I don't it's I don't know how they can walk the next day like uh, and for Riddle too he didn't hit it right a lot of people don't realize yeah. that he, he came down on his, on his side show. Yeah, yes. I thought he was. That shoulder was blown out. Yeah. Um. No, it, it definitely. I I recommend any wrestling fan go and do one one session in the ring, and you'll have a whole new respect for it. And you surely won't be making fun when they're falling off a twenty foot cage onto a padding below. Like, <laughs> like that's one. That's that was the quickest way for me to not be so harsh and judgmental. On some of the spots they do, like man, look, <laughs> you have somebody like Sting still doing that crap. Golly. <laughs> I get my hats to him because it's like I don't know how he's still moving. <laughs> and he's taking. <clears throat> I remember when he his first bump was against Brian Cage. Brian Cage damn near power bombed him to hell. Oh, like, oh yeah. <laughs> I thought he killed him. I was oh, like, I, oh, Sting I, is dead. I <laughs> thought they were going to stop the show. I was like, Lord, no. Why did you do this to poor Sting? Yeah. No, it, it's, it's the bumps they take is, 
it's crazy. I mean, if I was maybe eight years younger, I probably would have stuck with it. But, you know, I'm about to get married and eventually have kids. I'm like, I I can't do this. I can't be doing this. The reason why I think I think two years ago, Undertaker went and had surgery on his hips. Yeah. (laughs) Because all those bumps. I mean, look they at they spread your hips out. Yeah, I'm just yeah like, look I'm at bad. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Oh yeah, I mean, Mick Foley. I don't know how Mick Foley's alive. I mean, oh, have you ever met Mick Foley in person? <laughs> Unfortunately, I I've seen him in person at a show, but not met him. Oh, I saw him at WrestleCon when he was leaving, and I just seen the way he limps. Is just I was like, oh my gosh. And then another guy I never realized um. What's his name? Um, Zed Coulter, the guy that yeah, yeah. he uh, has to go on a scooter, I think. Oh, we lost Dutchman you. We lost you, Tevin. We can't hear you, brother. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. There you are. Yeah, I said whatever. Um, what happened to him? Because I actually saw he was on like on a cane or something. Yeah, and I saw him walking. It's well, like his that, ankle was like. Twi- it was like I was like, oh. Well, well I, can tell, I can tell you, he used to wrestle as Dirty Dutchman Tail, and yeah. he's from the old school. The mm-hmm. bumping and everything—it's just his body gave out on him. Oh yeah, because I'm just like, ooh, I saw him. That's why I was just like, I actually saw him like get up, and I saw the way his his like leg was. I'm just like, man, yeah, years of the of wrestling, yeah. unfortunately. And it, yeah, I mean, it's crazy um, when you see guys like AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio and people who've been doing it for <clears throat> for a long time, and they look like. You know, and Bobby Lashley's one of them. They look fresh. Like, yeah. it doesn't hurt them at all. But then they do interviews where they're like, I was ready to retire five years ago. Like, dang, like, even though they look fine, they ain't feeling fine. Lord, no. Well, yeah, I, I quickly, I'd much rather talk about wrestling than, <laughs> than do it. I'm going to be one of those people they will always call a couch surfer. <laughs> yeah. And, and just for a little clarity. I've had two hip surgeries in the last two years. Huh. In two weeks, I'm going to have a back surgery. And I did right. no pro wrestling. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah, I can't imagine being in a, a life, you know, of a wrestler long term. Um, and, and it makes me think it's like everybody looks at the ring. If you haven't done it, you think to yourself, Oh, it looks like it has give. It looks like it has cushion. Why not just give it a little cushion if everybody already thinks it? I mean, it's, but then if you do that, then anybody can become a pro wrestler. No, it was funny. I recently heard that, um, before, uh, when Vince was training, you know, to get in the rain, he could take a couple bumps and he was just like, why is the, uh, the ring so hard? And they actually changed it. It did have like a little give to it when he, when he started, uh, wrestling. But um, mm-hmm. Bubba and them, they say, you know, actually, I miss the old rings. <laughs> He's like, I yeah. like that kind of hardness that they give. But, <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah I, I, was like, I didn't know that. They actually changed their ring when Vince started, um, you know, wrestling. I was like, oh, okay. So the, make it easier on him. The first ring that I've ever taken a bump on, um, and, I mean, I would never – you couldn't pay me to do it again, was the uh, the one that TNA used to have. Oh, the, oh, the six, six sides. Side. Yeah, the six side. Like that had like at least the square ring has maybe a very little amount of get, but that six sided, mm. it is concrete. 
I mean, mm. it's like concrete. There is no give. There's no like it. Mm. And if you watch it in TNA, they don't, even if they land in the middle, it doesn't have that, you know, spring, spring to it. Um, I don't, yeah. So I think, I think them changing it when it went to impact wrestling to the, you know, four sided ring, I think that was just to help the life, uh, you know, the life of the wrestler <laughs> that they had. Cause actually the reason why. Is because Hulk Hogan and Eric came in and Hulk Hogan said, nobody want to see a second tier show with no six sided ring. And a lot of, and a lot of the talent got mad just because they had finally got adjusted to the ring. Yeah. That they had to go back to it. That's, it was Hogan and Bischoff. Yeah, um, I do. Special about it, six sided ring. That's why I wanted. Oh, yeah. So the X division and then the tag team division, they did some cool stuff with it too. Uh Um, yes, I think, but then you hear interviews with people like Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, who hated the six sided ring. I mean, and the same reason I mentioned was there was no gives. So when you have, you know, people like AJ Styles who, and Christopher Daniels who likes to come off the top rope, it's a lot harder of a, you know, landing. Uh, but then you have your X division guys who could really shine, you know, in the six sided ring. Um, <clears throat> and then my favorite match, you know, the ultimate X match in the six sided ring, like the, that's one thing I definitely give credit to TNA and impact is having some creative ideas. Um, I mean, some of them. Nice. I love that. What was that? The Feast or um, Fire match. Feast or Fire. Yeah. That, the, that was a good idea. Yeah. It's a great way to cut people too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it. that is a very exciting match. Um, that, the, you know, X Division, they had a, what was the, or King the, of the uh, mountain. King of the Mountain Oh, geez. I hear a lot of people complain about that. That was basically a reverse. Reverse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they're created and there's miss, some misses, but it's like, you think WWE created all the possible matches that there could be. And then you have TNA, you know, slash impact coming in and coming up with some really cool creative matches, I which missed the, uh, um, Lucha Underground. Those were some creative yeah, matches. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> the whole yeah. medallion thing—that that was, you know. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. Um, so that was uh, the review for Money in the Bank. I think the pay per view is okay. It did feel, you know, not not too long as it should, you know, feel. Um, there was only six matches as opposed to I think AEW Forbidden Door had nine. Um. So each match kind of had a little more time to shine. Uh, the women's division just needs building, which that's just going to stay the same no matter. I mean, we're going to be a hundred episodes into the podcast and it's going to stay the same. I hope I'm wrong, uh, but only time will tell. So I think it was good, but, um, we'll see what the next pay per view has to offer. I think the next pay per view is, was it the ring of honor? Yeah, death before dishonor. Death before dishonor. I want to try to do a prediction 
uh, episode, our first prediction episode that uh, Clayton had mentioned, came up with the idea to do, uh, start doing pay-per-view predictions and reviews. Um, hopefully, I mean, we only have, what, three weeks left now before that pay-per-view, so hopefully they start building it to where we can do predictions because right now there's not even a match named besides maybe Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal. Yeah, um, they're definitely... I know they have a match on Rampage with their world champion and uh, Lee Moriarty going to take on Tully Branch's Enterprise. Right, right. So, yeah, I think it definitely is going to get a build. And from a rumor that I heard that they are going to announce a TV deal at the pay-per-view. That's just a rumor. And Um, I'm looking forward to that, too, to give so people – who don't know about Ring of Honor can learn and it can split the brand up and we can start seeing more people yes. and getting some um, good storylines. Yeah, so I can't wait. My Our first episode of Fantasy Booking is going to involve a roster split for me. Um, but besides the point, um, so I am very excited and hoping there's a TV deal but I'm also really hoping we get a streaming service because a, a Ring of Honor has such a strong, strong library. Um, I mean, going back to people like Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio and, you know, guys like that fighting, you know, like they, they're a Ring of Honor has had a match with Eddie Guerrero and CM Punk. That was a great match. And, you know, that's just kind of, you know, it's difficult to find it. Are you talking, Tevin? I lost you. Oh, my bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is, is that um that was in Ring of Honor? Yep. Yes. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. I I saw it on um I saw the video. I just didn't know that was in Ring of Honor. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, they fought in Ring of Honor and a couple other um, small yeah, yeah, promotions. I think the one I saw was like at a high school gym or something. Yeah, that they, was probably uh Mid South uh Mid South uh IWA. Yeah, they, that one is on the internet. Right. Yeah. They've done a few other. Uh, you know, indie promotions as well. But okay. yeah, Ring of Honor has hosted CM Punk versus Eddie, um, CM Punk versus Rey Mysterio, uh, you know, younger Punk and yeah. Mysterio. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, it has such a lengthy library that I can't wait to be able to have in the palm of my hands and watch it on a streaming service. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and have, you know, documentaries and, um, all kinds of interviews and you know, maybe bring some old legends back from the old ring of honor days and obviously a proper brand split. Um, but yes, yeah, so death before dishonor is coming up July. Was it 23rd? Yeah. 23rd last Saturday of July. Um, I am getting married the week after that. So I'm hoping, okay. hoping I can uh, watch it, but I have no idea what's going to be happening. So uh, I got to tell you, that's <laughs> ironic. My uh, niece is getting married. On the thirtieth, also. Oh, that's awesome! So, yeah, um, yeah. So we'll see. And if I can't, I'll do my predictions probably. But if I can't do the review, I'll probably uh, have one of you guys host uh, the episode, even though I won't be here. Um, and y'all can just discuss, you know, the review of uh, the pay per view because uh, I don't want to be on it if I didn't watch it. Watch it. I, I want to be able to. Uh, Hopefully I can watch it, but like I said, we'll see what happens. 
Um, it's going to be good. I don't know what all the matches are, but I know it's going to be good. It's Ring of Honor. Um, and it's going to be exciting because it's under new ownership. So make sure y'all stay tuned and watch, uh, in a death before dishonor Ring of Honor pay per view July 23rd, last Saturday of July. Uh, all right. So let's go in and sign off. So bear, where can they find you? Uh, still don't have social media as of yet working on it. But uh thank you for supporting us and tell your friends, tell any wrestling fan, young, old, new, come and get knowledge from us because we got the knowledge. Thank you. Sir, Tevin, what about you? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at um underscore you think you know me. The second you is just the you. <laughs> um <laughs> Facebook, you know, this is my name, Tevin Gellier. Gonna have that posted for y'all so y'all can find me everywhere. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about it. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much guys for listening. Uh, thank you for being a part of the uh, show and, um, yeah, follow us at on Facebook and Instagram at the wrestling society podcast and Twitter is at the wrestling SP. Um, yes. Thank you for all the support. Like, uh, bear said, share us, uh, like us, follow us, subscribe, show us some love. And stay too sweet. Where do you think you're going? You are now exiting the world of wrestling. Stay too sweet and follow us on social media, as well as share, like, and subscribe to the Wrestling Society Podcast. We must now bid you adieu. Goodbye. And good night. Bang. <laughs>